A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Meanwhile, in a boardroom in Leicester... Right then, let's sort out this squad for this coming season. I think it's shaping up nicely. Just a quick check. How many hookers are we on? Seven or eight? Yeah, currently on seven, so we're a bit light. We're working on the eighth. Okay, good. Uh, right, where else are we then? One other big point we need to talk about is uh, Nicky Gonover. Yeah, we've looked at Nicky's contract. We've sat down with his agent. Um, let's face it, he's a 32-year-old winger. What do we need with that? I know, and the other good thing about this is, you know, we're losing Nicky Gonover, but we're getting JP Peterson. Exactly. Jokes on jokes on them. This will not come back to haunt us in any way. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And we are here after Judgment Weekend, where the playoff positions in in, in both the Pro 14 and the Aviva Premiership <laughs> can't say even that as like a. No, it's taken on a whole new connotation. By the way, that's why um, Phil was away in Valencia last week, just taking his missus Claire away on a weekend to get her mind off of um, the sad loss of uh, Avicii. We were both in mourning. Yep. Um, welcome back, Phil. You're right. I'm good. Very good. How, how was Valencia? It was awesome. Really good. Uh, a few nice meals. A few nice drinks. Went to the aw- awesome uh, science park. It's, it's not called the science right. park, but okay. So it, yeah, are there bars in there? Uh, well, let me tell you, we turned up, there's a science museum, uh-huh. we turned up to the science museum at about 11am on the Sunday morning. So you actually went to go to the science museum? We did We did go to the science museum, the surroundings are incredible. There is um, a cafe in the science museum, so we stopped to get uh, a baguette and a coffee. The two blokes in front of us ordered four bottles of beer each. <laughs> There's, wow. no, there's nothing like so I, visiting a science museum absolutely loaded. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I have a few problems with this, right? So, bars do this frequently, and, and and it confuses me. Do you know when they call themselves something innocuous, and actually it turns out it's a bar, or it's not a bar? So, for instance, Manchester, Deaf, Insti- Deaf Institute. I mean, <laughs> I'd be annoyed if I showed up and it was a Deaf Institute. And I kind of feel the same way about a science park. I mean, it's not actually got any science in it. No, it does. It has a science museum. Oh, but it's not. Active. See, I thought it was a drinking area. It, there's, there's lots of things. There's like a concert hall. There's a science park, and there's a couple of other bits and pieces. But ju- even just to go and walk around it is magnificent. Uh, but JB bands have been doing this for ages. There's uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Bombay they... Bicycle Club, for example. <laughs> How do I join? <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Police Club, <laughs> Two Door Cinema Club. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there's always, but they've been doing it for ages. So I made up a band once. Um, uh, if, I might, uh, I might go back and make it up again. Uh, Polar Bear Knife Fight because I just think it would, uh, you know, it would just stick with all the in, with all the indie people. It's a great name for Polar Bear Knife Fight. Band. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, Pete. Uh, there is, I think, I think there is a band P- called Knife Fight. PBKF. Yeah, uh, there's Knife Party. Knife Party. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, London based. Um, well, started strong. What a podcast! We oh. haven't even got to the rugby yet. Uh, hello, JB, as well. Uh, hello, Tim. Uh, right. So you can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, where oh, everywhere that we are. You know, you know the, you know the, the score by now. Um, and you can also, because you're listening to us right now, take advantage of an incredible offer from our friends at Cornerstone. Yes, you can. Now, I know that we were just talking about, you know, hipster band names and stuff. I know that hipster beards are on trend at the minute, but that's got to end. And maybe the summer months will be the time when that ends. So if you've been flirting with the idea of getting rid of a beard or you're just so fed up with looking at beards and you just want to make your point by having the smoothest shave that you could possibly get, then Cornerstone is what you need to do. You get a mail-order razor sent to you, um, six German precision-engineered razors, and a free engraved metal aluminium weighty heavy shaft with your initials on it, uh, and you can get that all for less than a pint, at a cost of a pint, four quid. If you go to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers, that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg ten at checkout. Now I'm going to tell you a very boring and brief uh, rugby beard based story. Ooh, ooh, exactly. Two of my favourite things. Yeah, and coffee. It was, it was coffee involved as well. <laughs> Three of my favourite things. So I went to um, uh, I went to a coffee shop in town called Pots Kettle Black. Now, just a bit of background, this is owned by two rugby league boys. So mm-hmm. if you go in there, there's a good chance that you'll see a rugby player w- walk in. They kind of stick together, they you know, stick with their own. And in walks a guy, okay, who... Uh, let's, see, let, let's see if you can guess which player it was. Looks a bit like Sebastian Chabal. Exactly the same style. Similar position. Luke Abraham. Correct. Luke Abraham walk, walk, walks What's he in. doing these days? Well, that's a good question, because uh, I'm, I'm looking... Over, Former over. Leicester, Leicester and Sale, and Sale open side flanker, yeah. and England sevens, and very, very distinctive looking, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, that's Luke Abraham, but I double checked anyway, and he comes in and he hugs everyone, so he obviously knows everyone. So I check on my phone, I'm looking at pictures of Luke Abraham, um, <laughs> I'm just going back and forth, like definitely, Luke, definitely, definitely him. And after my breakfast, went up, introduced myself. It was not Luke Abraham. <laughs> it was a complete <laughs> random person that knows all the stuff in there who looks just like him. Now, uh, that is pretty astonishing because there are very few hipsters with the physique that you can get them confused with a professional or former professional rugby player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, almost none. Yeah, I imagine there's a, qu- a fair few who... Um, Crossfit types. Yeah, crossfit, personal trainer types. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because the, the, the sort of Love Island physique is not a rugby physique, because that is just all for show, and there's no functional strength just or like power me. involved in it at all. <laughs> you're, just like wait, what? Just like me. You're, wait, you're all for show, or you're yeah, all power? All, all for show. <laughs> no, purely functional over here. Purely functional, nothing for show. Um, but yeah, you're right. A, a, a proper rugby physique, when you see them up close, is... Just the, the thickness yes yeah. that's a, a density almost yeah, yeah. It's, yeah hard, always... it's hard to get them confused with a member of the general public do you know what I'm actually often quite com- quite amazed by how by how small they are well this is it's, it's an interesting point because when you get a whole group of rugby players all together mm. 
like they do look relatively small. If you plonk one of them, yes, in, that is true. In a in, coffee in shop, account, in an accounts department, yeah, or a coffee shop full of uh, like, bookkeepers, lawyers, uh, medics, medics, particularly <laughs> medics, they're, they're... not not lumberjacks, hod carriers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, scaffolder is my new um, yeah, is my new definition of you know how big a guy is. <laughs> like Gary Graham just looks like a scaffolder. <laughs> Had a, had another good game on Friday. Mm, he did. There's a few players actually that uh, have been putting their hand up for a for a tour spot to South Africa, mm. uh, which will be interesting to see what Eddie Jones does because clearly he needs to change things. But then you don't want to just lobbing kids go into the absolute no. bear pit of you South Africa, and you don't want to make wholesale yeah. changes because that will ruin the dynamics. So it'll be really fascinating to see what he does. Gary Graham, I, I can see, makes sense. He's been playing. Really? Well, the last few weeks, and he's a he's a genuine seven. Brendan O'Connor's also out and out seven. Great yeah. Will he make the plane? He has his name hasn't really been mentioned. never been mentioned, has it? Really? I mean, in other, any other than, context, yeah. Other than by, like, I think you were perhaps, or we were one of the first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and any fan of Leicester Tigers will be yeah, saying yeah. the same. So the story behind Brendan O'Connor is they got him basically through statistical analysis. And when they looked at his performances at the Blues, he was outperforming everyone. And that's had why Moneyball were... just come out at the cinema it, it, at the time. It had actually, yeah, <laughs> it had. It was right, right around that time, uh, and that's why, well, that's why they ended up him. I sort of noticed him a little bit last year because he was in my fantasy rugby team, and he kept on scoring. Yeah, that's where um, Major used to put him out on the wing. He did very well last season, particularly because he was obviously this season he's had a few issues mm. with injuries. But I'd, I'd get him in, mm. and well, you could have a. Couple of New Zealanders in the back row, and the South African, and a, uh, and the uh, Fijian. Who would be the Fiji- Fijian back row? Uh, Nathan, uh, Hughes. Nathan Hughes, yeah, of course. Yeah. You could probably have a pretty good all foreign-born like, naturalized English fifteen. I don't even think they're naturalized. I mean, Nathan no, a lot Hughes of them is. have like like um, yeah, Brendan O'Connor has an English mum. Yeah, that's right. Ben yeah. Teo yeah. has an English mum. Yeah, Brad Shields. Brad Shields has English, English parents. Grandparents or parents? No, no parents. Parents. Both parents. Yeah. So they're they're English, yeah, pretty much. Well, according to the rules, according to the laws, uh, did I think parents is a totally the grandparents one. I think fine, that's the rule, that's the cut off. But that does make it a little bit flakier. Parents, come have, on! I've got a tremendous story which I can't tell, which I can't tell you, so I won't. But I might say in a future that's... a future podcast about how one team got one of their players English English qualified. It's quite remarkable. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, Right. I, so a, it sounds vaguely litigious. Oh, yeah, it 100% <laughs> is. Uh, did you enjoy the game on Friday? Newcastle versus Leicester? Yeah. Absolutely. It Absolutely. Was, it, was, it was a fascinating watch mm. because it started off, I thought it was going to be one of the games of the season, you know, that first five minutes, because Newcastle score, then, Le- then Leicester score. But at the end of it, I thought, my God, Leicester are in a world of trouble here. Um, after... They had, and I haven't looked at the stats, I can't back this up, it's just, just how I felt about the game. They had so much possession in the first half, and they could do zero with it. Absolutely zero. Their rugby is boring, dull, one-up rugby, and they're just relying on someone to do something genius. And Norm- that is it. Normally, Toulouse Viano. Yeah, no, yeah. And they're running these rugby league patterns, right? You know, let's call them rugby league patterns. Let's not call them that. They're the patterns that everyone runs, though. Decoy runners. Decoy runners. Yeah. behind. Yeah. That isn't it isn't enough to do that. You've got to do it well and they do it poorly. Everyone's doing it. And if you can't do it do it well, just 
just don't do it. Well, the problem with doing it when you've got so George Ford likes to sit deep, mm. which is great if you're going to hit like a couple of runners flat. But when you're then pulling it back even further for the decoy runner, it, you end up just taking like 10 yards back before you even start going forward, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, com- com- completely agree. Uh, they are going to have to rethink a lot of stuff at last up. It's just not good enough. Yeah, and where do they start? Um, oh, it's so difficult, right, because sacking coaches is the most <laughs> obvious and easy thing to do. But you, you can't do it. You can't turn over your coach every year. Yeah, well, th- that would be three in a year then if they did that. Yeah, so that can't happen. I suppose. Well, and, gonna... and the, as we've said before on previous podcasts, it's like um, it would be like a CEO of a company repeatedly sacking the MD. Actually, uh, <laughs> there comes a point where the person who's making the decisions actually has to, has to carry the responsibility yeah. for having made bad decisions. I suspect that would be my my way of doing it. I think I'd probably replace the senior people before replacing the coach and then replace the coach. I mean, if the senior people don't want the existing coach, that that's on them. But I, I think that's how... The, I mean, someone, right, someone somewhere in Leicester Tigers uh, sat down with Nicky Gonover and decided, yeah, not worth it, really. <laughs> and then went and then went away. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's interesting, that one, because I'm, I'm certain they will have offered him a contract. Yeah. But Gonover, he is now 34. He is. Uh, and... You often get players will move at, at that kind of age. Players will move to whoever's offering them the longest contract. I think he got a three-year contract out of oh, Newcastle. Newcastle, which looks a brilliant bit of business, <laughs> doesn't it? Just? It looks an absolute brilliant bit of business. But it's often more than just oh no, Leicester don't want him at all. They will take him at the right price. Yeah, um, yeah, but is that? Uh, but, I would say now that the price that they set was the wrong price. You know, yeah, it's a value decision. You, you're right. So, and, you're right. and to be fair to them, how would they know? Actually, how would you know your 33 year old winger is going to carry on playing like a 23 year old winger? Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. So I was looking back. Nicky Gonover only started playing top level. By that, I mean he was playing in France at, in Pro Two. Yeah, he was. Where but, was he? Uh, oh, I don't. Dax or somewhere. Somewhere. I think he played a couple of clubs, but he was 28 when he first signed top level. So he's got relatively few miles on the clock. Yeah, that's so, a good point. Yeah, so maybe that should have. Uh, well, it's, again, easy with hindsight. We've just had but, so, and I watched some of it. We've just had the the NFL draft this weekend. The the annual process of picking. Did you um? Did you get further than when we watched it at my draft party? Uh, which is basically basically an adult sleepover. Yeah, it was JB and me um, falling asleep before waking up at the end of... Uh, oh, the, the, of oh, oh, the draft's been. Oh, the draft's happened. Oh, who got what? Um, yeah, no, I did get further. I got. I, I at least watched the New York Jets because we were, we were in at sixth, but we got the third pick. We got a good quarterback. But my point being, the number of players that have defied what people thought of them or been complete and utter flops yeah. when everybody and think of the number of man hours that goes into that and they have tw- each team will have 12 scouts who have a full time 14 hour a day job for a year just to get to this point where they pick one person yeah. and well, the fact that that can flop means a team can, can slightly undervalue or overvalue a player and yeah, yeah Newcastle have done done well yeah I've done very yeah, well they've done very well at that just like Exeter did with Waldrum when he again left, left yeah. Leicester that's another one, isn't it? So yeah. there are there's a couple of ways, so Leicester are interesting because there are a couple of ways to do things, and Leicester seems to have gone down the path of saying, okay, we'll hand it over to um, Simon Cohen, whose background is an agent, so you'd expect him to be pretty good on the negotiation side and all the rest of it, and then they've got a head of rugby 
uh, who's Jed, who's Jed Glynn. And then they've got the director of rugby. Or is Matt O'Connor a head coach? Or is he a director of rugby? Uh, Matt O'Connor's director, director of, rugby, of rugby, I think. I think. Yeah, so they've got a head of rugby. So they've got lots of different layers of people doing different things, which I think is more like the American football process. You know, you have you know, front, um, front, um, front office, back office co- coaches, so on and so forth. Whereas extra chiefs, I mean, I'm sure they'll tell you that they do things... Yeah, you know, they do use statistics and so on and so forth, but it does feel like it's more of a gut decision based on the char- character of the player. Same with Sale. Sale just sail, j- just sign basically on Steve Diamond's gut, gut gut instinct if he thinks that they're good or not. Mm. And can't argue with that. As, I, I bet Saracens don't though. As I tell you, one well, thing, one thing, yeah. Leicester fans. Well, could they legitimately argue that Luke Pearce had a? Decisive, not defining, because I think that would take it away from Newcastle too Correct, much to yeah. say that. But uh, a, a decisive um, part in the result in the end with that final late try again. Yeah. So the problem with the Luke Pierce situation is it's very embarrassing for Luke Pierce because he mucked up the entire process. That said, I think it was natural justice because I think if it had gone to TMO, what could have been a try would not have been been awarded. And the fact that they picked up the ball and scored without a second touch basically muddied the water and made sure that there was a try. I think he scored first time round, personally. Because the players stop playing and celebrate. I know you're taught to celebrate, but I think it was a try first time round. If they looked just at that, they wouldn't have got the right angle. Try or no, can't give it, no, no try. The fact that he jumped over, that is not a try, but it's natural justice. So Ali Hogg went into the line, Luke Pearce was unsighted, blew the whistle... No. Fractionally after he blew the whistle, Ali Hogg planted the ball on yes. a second. Now, now, on on the basis of the fact the whistle is blown and the fact that it would have been a double movement because he was tackled, held, and couldn't have got back to his knees and reached over, I think you, and you didn't do it immediately, you discount the second part. Yes, for yeah, me. absolutely right. They're, and they didn't even look at the first part. Well, when, no, that's, that's the interesting thing. What, what I thought I saw was Luke Pearce actually say to the TMO, ignore the second one, basically focus on the first one. Was it a try yes or Did no? Did he say that? I, I think I think he I think he made a point of actually saying, I'm looking at the first grounding here, try yes or no. I thought he just said, let's look at the grounding, try yes or no. I think. Maybe. Which maybe. is why, so, embarrassing for Luke Pearce, completely wrong decision, but the right result, which is it was a try, just not that particular part of the try. Yeah, I'm okay with that. As if, well. he, if he'd have said natural- any reason why I can't award a try... Yeah, I think it, it would have been a whole lot easier, which again sort of says that that, that question, that process, is there a way we can streamline that and make it better? Drones. Could the referee <laughs> just make a call on a monitor and not? And the TMO is the actual decision-making role of a TMO is taken out of it? Because the referees quite often are, are looking at the footage on a screen or whatever and then making the decision anyway. Yeah, I, I actually quite like the question. I think it's I think in most situations and you're never going to get anything that's perfect every time. In most situations it does simplify it. It's either um the benefit of doubt the doubt goes to the attacker or there's too much uncertainty so I need conclusive proof. Yes. Yeah, I, I think there's a system that works pretty well. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, yeah, the but there Luke... will there will always be contentious yeah. ones. And if you're if you're wearing a Leicester hat at the moment You'll be cursing that because it's not only the implication of that game, but it's massive implications for, well, it's season-defining, but also it's historic Yeah, for them 
it looks almost certain that they will fail to... We can no, no, no longer they, say they, death taxes no, unless they're in the playoffs. Well, they, oh, yeah, they are definitely out, aren't they? Because yeah, it's yeah. done now. Uh, we would on Newcastle, though. I mean, I had, uh, I still do have doubts about his team, but a lot less doubts than I first had. So the knock on Newcastle is they're not big enough, they're not fit enough, which is why they score so many points at the start of the game. And then they fade. I mean, that's pretty conclusive. Well, they've had two games in a row where they've had last-minute winners. Correct. Yeah. Mm. So, this is, um, to me, it just shows that they're made of more stuff than just good-looking look, good, good rugby. That last try, particularly in, in the cell... Well, actually, no, both of them. I mean, I was going to say, particularly in the cell game. No, particularly in the Leicester game, where they basically beat Le- uh, beat Leicester up for three, three or four minutes and, mm. until they got the try. So, they're pretty good. I'd be fascinated to know if Newcastle are the first side to reach the playoffs who have had a negative, albeit there's one game left, a negative points difference. Really? Ooh. I would I would suspect so, yes. Which is which again suggests they've eked out a lot of tight wins. Or, yeah. they've, or they've been humped when they've been lost. Yeah. When they've lost. I, I can't know. remember them having a real big loss. Obviously it has happened. I just can't I can't Oh, um New York. Uh, Philly even. That wasn't, yeah. That that was pretty one sided. Didn't they get panned? It wasn't like fifty points, so it was probably. I think it was like 35-14 or something like that. Nicky Gonover scored. Yeah, <laughs> standard, standard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Leicester. I don't think they can complain that that's. I don't want to say that Luke Pearce has cost them a place in the playoffs because there's way more. Absolutely uh, not. Way more variables than that. And Leicester, the point is, should have taken it and should have had control. They're just not um, good enough, uh, uh, Leicester. But you know, we've said that said yeah. that about them pretty much all season, though. Yeah, they've Tri- had one good performance, which is cast at home, which was magnificent. <laughs> when, when everything was uh, all over, it, um, or was that the very first? No, one? it was. They had back-to-back games against them, so it would be the third game into the Champions Cup. Okay, and they were magnificent. Other than that, they've got all the players, just nothing. They will probably. I, I want to. How does it go if if teams are equal on points at the end of a season? How does it? Is it wins first? Head to head, I think. I don't know. I, th- I think it's wins first. Okay, so Leicester, unless they lose zero points to five points, uh, they. I think Sale would have to get the full five points, and Leicester get nothing for Sale to uh, jump Leicester, which is absolutely possible. It's definitely possible. Um, but basically, Gloucester going away to Saracens, who may rest up some players, but I would suspect as they have a fortnight off before the semi-final, I would, yeah. I would suspect not Gloucester going away to Saracens. I don't expect them to get anything. But No, not the way that they're playing. Yeah. So Leicester probably still <laughs> wait, will make top six, but we've, we've t- point, um, league positions matter in terms of seedings uh, in your Champions Cup group. So I would, I would suggest that Leicester are going to Bring their try and bring their A game to the AJ Bell in what oh, yeah. what is really I mean Gloucester could beat Saracens on their day of course but really that is the only game <laughs> that matters that matters yeah yeah I think uh, the league's pretty much wrapped up now it would be nice uh, to see Sale get one over on Tigers finish fifth in the league that that's a pretty impressive pretty impressive season actually it's said. a very it's a very impressive season but yeah you know I've got a feeling that this season will be defined mostly by under. Teams that under- underperformed. Northampton, Raw- Bath, yeah. Quinns. I think it was. I think it's pretty much a historic year in the Premiership for teams that are not particularly good. Yeah, well, yeah. Northampton, Bath, Quinns. Add Leicester to that. Also add Gloucester to it after their brilliant start, yeah. and then just 
so many inconsistent Weird and, that, and, isn't and, it? Uh, Gloucester. And out of <laughs> character compared to some of their other performances. Next year, though. Next, next year. year. There's always next year for those next boys. Year. And they, I actually think they might have the most... They might have the most talented squad. Which is... Well, certainly most talented backs. Every one of their backs is capable of just mesmeric things. But they, they just can't do it. Mm. <laughs> um, just on Leicester, Matt O'Connor is listed as head coach. Yeah. With, with Jed Glynn as head of rugby operations... But they don't have a director of rugby. Okay. No, I didn't think I didn't think that they did. Because okay. I think uh, Jed Glynn and Simon Cohen. I think it's Simon Cohen actually does all of the contracts and negotiations. Hmm. So. Right. So um, a few rumours and talking points before we get into some other. Actually, but no, before that, let's deal with London Irish, who are relegated, got humped by Saracens, and they were already relegated before that game today. Yeah, Worcester, pick, the Worcester picked up a picked up a, a handy victory over Harlequins to draw them level on points with Quins. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the hunt for tenth tenth ninth tenth eleventh. Ooh, the hunt for ninth tenth eleventh just rolls yeah. off the tongue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Irish are down and um, a pretty sorry season for them. Having they only got two wins, uh, three wins. One of them on the opening day, uh, which mm. it, they got five points on the opening day, and they picked up seventeen further points since yeah, then. I think the uh, ten of a, ten of them being both. How's this for a weird rule? Okay, what about? The promoted team cannot go down the next year. Hmm. Because you need a season in the Premiership to bed in. So you, if you, you come up, right, you get excluded from relegation for one year. No, but then you're, the, the, you're kind of screwing over the team that finished. No, we're not. They screw themselves over by being the second <laughs> by worst being team. The change, the change that's happened that was necessary was yeah. the playoff in the Championship. Bristol knew two weeks ago they've got all their recruitment in place. They're going to be much, much better prepared than London Irish were, who yeah. had to wait until the end of May and, to know that they were going And up. that Bristol were previously when they went up and down, and London Welsh when they went up and down. And Next year's so the real So many test. teams have yo-yoed. Yeah, I've got a theory for Bristol, okay, and Ulster. Why doesn't, why doesn't Bristol sell Ian Madigan to Ulster, mm-hmm. Irish qualified? Apparently Ulster need a fly half. You're going to say sippers, aren't you? Yeah, I am. And <laughs> then... Bristol can bring in Sippers. He stays in England, gets a nice pay packet, potentially eligible for the World Cup. No, it is eligible for the World Cup, not potentially. It, it is, is eligible. I do, I do have to say, it does seem... Well, that's what Eddie Jones doesn't choose what club players go to, but it, it would seem odd that Eddie Jones wouldn't want to have him just as, a, as, a va- yeah. as an option. It's, it's yeah. bizarre. It's absolutely Ed, bizarre. Eddie Jones can't do anything about that. No. As far as I'm aware, well, I, he, he can't tell the clubs and the the head, the directors of rugby or chief executives who they should or should not sign. But I tell you what, a phone call from Eddie Jones to Danny Cipriani saying, "Look, mate, you're in my plans," would definitely, well, not definitely, it would go a long way to helping him stay in the UK. If he had a one-year contract offer, like the numbers don't really matter, but one-year contract offer for a hundred k less to be in the UK, that would be of benefit to him. Yeah. And yeah. someone could use him. You do, uh, uh, yeah. You do reap what you sow a little bit, mm. don't you? Yeah. He, he could have made some different life choices at times, which would have meant he's in a very different situation now. Yeah, maybe potentially. You, you don't hear that about him anymore. I mean, no, no. That's why I'm saying I'm, I'm not. Yeah, we've yeah, all been at times. We've all been young and stupid. Maybe he was a little <laughs> bit more stupid than others when he yeah. was younger. But he is phenomenal with it, with a rugby ball, and ultimately, you know. 
I'm not paying him to educate my children. I'm paying him to, <laughs> to, to, you know, to throw a rugby ball around. So I don't really care. Well, that probably uh, segues us on nicely to, well, where you were actually going to go with the other other half of that fly half equation, which is the uh, Paddy Jackson Stuart Alden. Who knows where they're going to go? And so I was having a debate with uh, not really a, a kind of quasi rugby man a few nights ago. Okay, and he was saying that if he was a Sale fan, he would not want them in his team. I they they are the team that are that are getting some tra- traction. Yes, so in what? the Belfast Telegraph yeah. and and. Um, reported over here, yeah, in several places. Yeah. yeah. So one, the, the director of rugby is is pretty okay with it. Right? Yeah, and so he's probably one of the best director of rugby's to also, have. You know, if you, with you see, issues like that, was it what what era was it? The Oakland Raiders had this yes, collection of uh, that's what I want. Yeah, the, the Oakland Raiders had this um, collection of like bad boys. Yeah, <laughs> okay, a ragtag bunch of misfits that never didn't fit it in anywhere else and they Tom... were fierce they were so fearsome weren't they oh no was it Madden yeah yeah Madden uh, yeah I think it was it John was, Madden yeah. yeah Madden's team yeah exactly the other thing as well is if you bought these two boys in you can bring in anyone I but mean the way it, let me just be clear the way that the Oakland Raiders were feared and the way that some of these guys <laughs> would be feared <laughs> is unfortunately very different <laughs> were they bad boys for kind of fighting on the pitch yeah, yeah. type uh, thing Ken Stabler apparently um, stayed up the night before the Super Bowl till about four in the morning that's just a, that's the, the story of the John Madden Raiders it's, uh, I, I record them all um, the America's Game do- NFL documentaries and that is the best episode really the story. that's why I love the Raiders yeah they're so good <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, if if they did get those two, they could literally sign anyone, and that no one would mention it. Yeah, yeah. so it'd be now, perfect cover. Here's here's another question: When Chet Evans uh-huh. tried to sign for it, ha- it happened to Oldham. several clubs, Oldham, Sheffield United, Chester, yeah, Chesterfield, or another. There was a few. There was protests and um, signatories on on a list to say Just, he, he should not be playing for this club. Yeah, do you think that would happen? I think it, so. Here's the thing, right? So, Sale Sharks are the premier club in the Northwest. It's right? the only way that Sale will get a mention in the Manchester Evening News. There we go. <laughs> right? There are people in Manchester who have no idea Sale Sharks play uh, play, play rugby. They think it, it's it's an aquarium, right? <laughs> this at, at least at least people would know who Sale Sharks are. Yes, I mean nationally, you would know who they are. On that basis, there's there's probably there's probably some people that could do that job even better than Paddy Jackson or Stuart Alding. Yes, we, maybe like maybe not even. But like, you know, they are not guilty. That is the Get Abu M- Hamza in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where at hooker? No, he's got <laughs> he's got a great handoff. Hey, <laughs> more, more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, that is com- completely tasteless. Um, back back to serious things. Yes. Back to, yeah, Jack, back to Jackson, serious rugby. Jackson and Alden going to to well to any any English club. Say uh, yeah. the only thing I'd say is don't have actually no. If you can do get, get one, get both. Yeah. Is that risk versus reward? And again, just drawing the parallels with the the NFL with this draft situation, you sometimes see situations where players who go on to be Hall of Fame superstars have made bad life choices mm. and get overlooked. And loads of teams pass on them and pass on them and say, oh, "I don't want to take the risk. I don't want to take the risk," and they end up being absolute superstars. So yeah. it's it's the risk reward. You don't know what the outcome is. You, I think you, you have to be comfortable with weighing up yeah. what that potential 
the potential consequences negatively could be versus the potential upside. I think signing two of them is asking for trouble in a way, yeah. isn't it? Mm. You know, like one, I'd sign one. I think. Yeah. Or would I sign both? I I think one makes more. And sense. also, they wouldn't. Holding would be a use a useful piece for sale. Jackson, not so much. Uh, I actually think AJ McGinty's much better. So. Well, well, just on a just on a principal thing, I think. I, as much as they would be able to give each other that kind of support, knowing what the other one's going through, I, yeah, just just yeah. Yeah. follow your own path, it, boys. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be a rugby-based decision. Holding yeah. fits, Jackson doesn't. Well, so I think I do think Jackson is a better player. What than AJ? Yeah, no, not even. I don't yeah. think they're comparable. You don't I, think I, they're I comparable? Think AJ is far superior to Jackson. No. Okay. Um, but right now at sale. AJ will be a better fit because look at how long it took AJ to bed into sale. Yeah, it's a tough it, way to play. It's it's difficult for anyone, and particularly fly halves. And like we said last year, that uh, both Bath and Leicester were worse for the Freddie Burns uh, George Ford mm. swap, at least in the short term. Uh, I think I can't even think of it. Weirdly, I can't think of a Premiership club that needs a fly half desperately. Mm. Worcester. John O'Lance is coming back. They quite like him. And, you know, he plays well. Yeah. So, uh, it's uh, not... Is uh, Doddy Way going to... Doddy Way? Um, Duncan Way. Duncan Way, yes. Yeah, going to Worcester. So, they're, they're signing two decent fly halves. Yeah, so I don't know where he's going to fit. I, I tell you where he should go. France. Bla- Glasgow. Glasgow could work, but then you... Replace Finn Russell. You still get... To, you've got too much of the... It's too close to home a little bit. Yeah. In the Pro 14. I, I want him to go to France. I Japan? Th- or even... Even Japan or what about I don't know South Africa or Australia? It is a weird thing, isn't it? That in a, now that the spectre of Irish rugby is gone, you know he he's not going to play for Ireland for at least a little while. He's actually a lot freer than than he was previously, just to pursue things which are fun. He can, he, yeah, he'll he play can, for the for the Haguaras. He could go anywhere no, in the world. Don't do that. <laughs> well, well, speaking of the Haguaras, I know they're on a roll. Yeah. They've won in South Africa, in Australia, and now in New Zealand. Yeah. They beat, beat the Blues this weekend. I might have to start watching them again. Uh, it was too <laughs> painful to watch. It, it was. It seems like they're actually, prob- possibly they're they're like I don't know. They've had they got the party out of their system. Yeah. Now they're like right now now down to work. Well, they had two years of heavy partying after the 2015 World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Heavy, heavy partying. Believe me. And now they've gone. Oh, what is it? Just over a year to the World Cup. All right, fine. I'll pull my finger yeah. out. Yeah. They're start tuning up. And they well, it was almost like they were experimenting with different styles of play and just different styles just of do, partying and different styles of partying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just doing a bit of everything. Uh, whereas now they're focused on the winning formula that. Uh, has taken Argentina to World Cup semi-finals, World Cup quarter. Things I have no idea how they play. How, how are they playing at the moment? I've not seen a, a minute of their rugby. Well, they're not trying to run everything from their own 22, which is okay. what they've tried to do for the past two years. They've got a pretty fearsome pack, which gives them a very good set piece. And Nicolas Sanchez seems to be controlling things. And then they've got the, the typical kind of pace and flair out wide. Nice. They're, they're doing from... Uh, I've, only, so, I've not seen a full game. I've only seen the highlights this season. There is a very evil trick being played on everyone in rugby at the moment from New Zealand, which is convincing the world that the only way to play rugby is playing it like the Hurricanes or playing it like, <laughs> like, like the Chiefs. And they know they can do this because they have these you know, rather large private, private schools coaching exceptional rugby and they have pit kids playing. Since, you know, Everyone makes out that... Well, actually, they're right. Everyone makes out that, that all the kids play all the time and they do. So they're able to play this expansive game. But what they do 
is they con people like England into saying, oh yeah, you should also be trying to play like us. Meaning that people like Haguarez, for instance, were trying to run it from from everywhere. Really, everyone needs to be concentrating on beating up New Zealand rather and than playing like them. New yeah. Zealand kick more than other international teams. Yeah, but they won't tell you. Fact. They, but they, they don't, don't tell, tell you. They don't tell you that. Oh, no. Exactly. No. Oh, no, keep it in hands. No, you guys keep it in hands. We'll be kicking, thanks. Yeah, well, keep, look, keep looking at all the amazing things Bowden Barrett does. Ignore, the, ignore all the kicks. Exactly. I, I almost think that's more misinformed or uninformed or lazy commentators mm. who just, they only talk about the the brilliance of the New Zealand running game rather than the intelligence of their kicking and the decision-making, the decision whether making, to run, exactly. pass or kick. Exactly, the identification of space. Yeah. Whether that's the wingers uh, dropped off so I won't kick. or Yeah, they, exactly. But e- equally, the Chiefs and the Hurricanes, who are two of the best teams, uh, and the Crusaders actually, all three of those teams have, uh, as their playmakers, some of the most talented, arguably the three most talented players on the planet. Yeah, may- maybe. But which is why we shouldn't. Anyone in the Northern Hemisphere shouldn't try, try, and, try, try and play their game. Yeah, we, we we simply don't have anyone as talented as Borden Barrett do. or Borden Barrett or Damian McKenzie. Maybe not at the fly half position, but maybe at the nine position. Rico Yuani, they're clearly Steve Hansen's clearly trying to get him into centres. Is he? Well, he wants to play centre, as he? he said. This yeah. is all news to me. He's played loads of outside centre, loads of inside centre, and I think he's only played two or three games on the wing in Super Rugby. Really? Mm. Oh, he, that is interesting. He is seriously fast, though. He is quite rapid, isn't he? Well, you saw Lions when he burned Elliot Daly, mm. who's not particularly slow. Yeah. And he's looking very good good, good on the wing at the moment. Yeah, he is. I much prefer him on the wing than outside centre. But with Jonathan Joseph injured, England have got... An opportunity to experiment. He's he's the man I'd like to see more yeah. time at, at 13, thirteen. I think he's wasted there. No, defensively the he's a good decision maker. Yeah, get him, create some space. Get him on an outside break with someone with gas outside him. It also in, wing wing is a position where England are actually relatively stacked. So it means you yeah. can get another body in. Mm. Jack Knoll, for example, was you know yeah. Jack Knoll, I do like having Knoll in the team because of the work rate he puts in. Yeah. Or Woodburn. Woodburn, that's a boy. Yeah. That, that's the boy that they really need to play with. Uh, this is going to be one of the most interesting England teams <laughs> for a long time. I thought you were going to say interesting podcast. We've not talked, we've not really talked about this week's well, game. Well, let's stick with the New Zealand just for a yeah. second. Because, yeah, absolutely. Again, I wonder how much this is a reaction to Israel Falau and his outburst the other oh, week. No. Oh, yeah. no. oh, no. New Zealand have got a new hashtag that goes along with their jersey, which is now on sale. The hashtag is diversity is strength. And when you stretch, I don't even know what it means. I when, don't even know what that means. <laughs> when you stretch the new New Zealand jersey, it's black when it's just worn, and then when you stretch it on the front, it reveals a rainbow image. What heroes? That will sort it. That will solve everything. Well done, <laughs> lads. Well, I just th- I, what what I my reaction to that is: what about the the big fat lad who puts the shirt on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've just why have thought- you got a different kit? Oh, I'm not just fat. So. Here's an idea, right? Let's just get rid of the gay flag thing, right? And have stretchy shirts. And when it stretches, it just says shame. So <laughs> it actually encourages <laughs> players to get in good shape for the season. <laughs> but you can have different, different, you can have stretching di- like yeah, in it, different ways. Like on the arms, it might stretch, say hench. Which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or across the chest, pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so it can be like an incentive. It's, I, that, that is intelligent kit. Yeah, around the belly shame. Strength is diversity. What clowns. <laughs> uh, you, know, you can almost imagine the meeting that they had in order to... I mean, the thing is about New Zealand, they're so far behind everywhere else, they probably think that this is cutting edge. Well, it's not like this, a, a discussion that happened in 2010. No, but this might be the thing that New Zealand are... You, everyone will follow New Zealand. So as long as the New yeah, Zealand right. players are putting no credence <laughs> on this, they're just completely ignoring it, and they've got the marketing, then every other country is going to be having all of their players on diversity training and awareness. Yeah, which is abs- absolutely critical. Absolutely <laughs> critical. Um, so maybe they they are actually quite far ahead. Mm. Okay, a couple, couple of other um, stories. We can just deal with these really quickly. Yeah. Um, Harry Malinder to Exeter. Rumoured. Ooh, that's a mm. nice signing for them. How do I feel about well, that? Well, it hasn't happened. It's just it's all yeah, pure rumor. speculation. It hasn't come from me. It's just stuff that's been online and um, people have been... So it's just pure speculation at this point. Harry Malinder to Exeter. Um, Steve Maffey back to Leicester with Mike Williams possibly being on his way out. I thought that already been signed, that one, though. It may well, but it hasn't been announced. Um, what was it? Uh, Steve Maffey would be a decent signing. Yeah. Gerbrandt Grobler, he's going from Munster to Gloucester. He's the guy that had the two-year ban for anabolic steroids. Oh, second, good lad. Second row. And Gloucester are expected to sign Franco Moster a lock as well. Another okay. South African lock. Mm, yeah. There's a lot of South African stuff going on in Munster at the moment, isn't there? In Gloucester. Gloucester, that one. Oh, sorry. I thought... In Gloucester, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, Warren... And speaking of Gloucester and South Africans, I want to know what the... St- I, I want to know when Johan... Hansi von Rensburg signing the Gloucester versus Sale yeah. tug of war. So when when's that happening? I've heard, right? I've heard he's got two agents and he's signed two contracts. That's what, what I understand the situation to be. What? Yeah, this is this is completely um, uh, this is completely unsubstantiated nonsense. I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> Good. But he ha- he has two agents, <laughs> one of which might be closer to Steve Diamond. The other one might be closer to um, <laughs> might be closer. So this is the danger with Twitter. You can, you can just pick up stories like that from uh, everyone. Has well, a, I mean, you're assuming voice. that I picked it up from up from Twitter, of course. Well, um, yeah, or maybe giving you a way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe giving me a way out. So um, I imagine this is going to get a lot more messy before it becomes uh, any more clear. Mm. Now, if, if Sale sign Alding, they don't really need Von Rensburg. Well, this but, is the thing. Okay, so I don't want to talk about Stuart Alding anymore no, because yeah, it feels like no. he's most. Uh, meant, but he doesn't really fit what Sale do. I mean, they like a big, aggressive centres to get over the game line. And Alding would actually seem like a, a decent fit, at least in playing style, to um, Gloucester. Because mm. he's more like a... Uh, they don't uh, need any more talent there. No, I, I agree, actually. They've already got lots of centres. Mm. Yeah. I, mean, well. I find it weird that so many clubs and their fans are so obsessed by new signings. Well, actually, most clubs have actually got what it takes inside the squad. Because all the squads are so good and, good, 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 good and so balanced. Um, Rensburg would be a much better fit for Sale than he would for Gloucester, and yeah, he should go there. The other, the other thing that's been rumoured and been talked about: um, Warren Gatland and Joe Schmidt are already contenders for the England job post Eddie Jones. The RFU have begun their recruitment process. Smith and Gatland. Yes, but this, this would Gatland. be up to twenty twenty one. Yeah, there's no two reasons why Gatland's the man. So. Yeah, if he wants it, I'm sure, I'm sure, he, sure that he can have They've it. They've got very deep pockets, and I'm sure it'll be. It's got to be a difficult job for anyone not to take, just on that basis alone. Hmm. Yeah, um, not the not the two most inspired choices, are, are they? 
Well, no, it's just the start of a process. Yeah. Surely yeah. the process should start with Rob Baxter and finish with Rob Baxter. Yeah. I mean, that's, it should come off from a shortlist of one. And depending on how Eddie corrects the downfall, it should start with at least some kind of uh, combined approach. Yeah, he can, only correct, again create, that, he can only correct the downfall by either giving away a large portion of his job to somebody else or stepping down completely. This mm. isn't going to get any better. It's going to be interesting to see how it does change mm. going forward. Uh, let's talk about Gloucester because uh, did, did you watch the... Uh, uh, their mockery mockery of a game. I did. It's the one game that I've watched most of, actually. Because well, I've been, I've been you, doing a lot of... Uh... I shall let you talk about this, because uh, I found it odd. <laughs> well, um, I didn't... F- so, Gloucester played a lot worse than they have at times this season. Bath played a lot better than they have at times. They also both played exactly like they have at times for this season. These are two of the most inconsistent teams mm. we've had this season. I mean, Bath have had some brilliant performances, which have been few and far between. Uh, Gloucester have had some terrible performances, like slightly fewer f- farther between. Yep. Now, in this game, uh, Gloucester were absolutely awful to start. Yeah. Woeful. Set-piece awful. You talk about the basics... Set piece, line speed, putting tackles down, defensive positioning. They were like non-existent at times. Yeah, absolutely non-existent. It was like they were uncoached or they were rebelling against the, the defensive coach. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of remember when England played Uruguay in Man- Manchester City Stadium? <laughs> yeah, and they were playing rugby pretty much for the sake of it. Like, oh, you know, we're going to put on a good show today. Quick line out. So we're going to throw the ball around. You know, with that, with little, uh, with up. Abs- well, basically, no, no care regard. whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, uh, no care whatsoever. They both just did that, and Bath were better at it than Gloucester were. <laughs> yeah, there, there was an element of that. But Gloucester... Uh, I mean, you expect Gloucester to come at this game with a little bit more focus, don't you? A, a little yeah. bit more structure. Yeah. Well, I think that Tom Homer try, which was an a, a f- absolutely amazing finish. You knew he, he had that in his locker. Uh, yeah, not mm. me. He played I, well, actually. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, so that Tom Homer try, I think, was perfectly illustrated it all because yeah. the, the most basic non-negotiables the most basic expectation you would have of a professional rugby player is effort um, and they're just the lack of yeah. what was appeared to be the lack of effort of two players I think it was Mark Atkinson and Billy Burns to make a tackle like it was it was like it was one of those you we've all we all played in games or something where you've seen someone do that they're just trying to make it look like they made a tackle. Yeah. But where they actually made no real effort. It, I'm not saying, I'm not accusing either of those players of that. It may just have been that Tom Homer was uh, deceptively quick and had in, uh, footwork. But you watch it again. Well, yeah. But the, the way they flopped off him, it was. It was I'd be. It, they, those players will, will be embarrassed when they look through the video yeah, session. They will be. They, well, they made Tom Homer, who is a, a decent player, well, but they see, made him look like an absolute world beater. So he used to be very good. Like when he first came on the scene at nineteen for Irish, I thought he was going to be a future international. Then he had, it feels like he had at least eighteen months out injured, and then Bath picked, picked, picked him up again. But he he used to be a phenomenal player and quite a good kicker too. Uh, so if he's finding his form back to anything like he used to be, he's going to be an absolute quality signing for Bath. Yeah, well, yeah, he's been there a few years now, hasn't he? But to mm. get him back. But let's not forget. I mean, I know Gloucester have got to go to Saracens next week, so you could argue that the chances of them getting into the top four were slim. But Gloucester, a win, would have put them 
right in contention for a yeah. top four spot still. <sighs> yeah. So yes, it would. So it's not. It's like the you can't fathom how they could be that abject. Yeah. On that particular occasion against a, their big rivals, yeah. Bath in a derby match as well at home. Yeah. Um, uh, astonishing, absolutely astonishing. And I thought I kind of convinced myself that Ackerman would get these failings out. He'd, he'd somehow train them out of the Gloucester mindset, but he doesn't. He doesn't seem to have done. No, I, think... I, don't, I don't feel comfortable with. I, I I hear what you're saying, and I get that. And I suppose a coach does kind of set the agenda. But I I feel sorry for coaches when I see stuff like that because you can do all the training you want all week and. You can't you can't stop a player from not having his head on. Yeah, well, I think. Or you can, can you? Or I, I think you can influence it though. If you're if the players are really motivated to play for that coach, and they've got the basic patterns, the basic drills, the basic shape, and they are then motivated, I kind of I struggle to see how things like that, like that perfect example, of the Tom Homer try. Should should just shouldn't happen, mm. but they happened over and over and over again yeah, in this game. Did. So when I've spoke to players who've played un- underneath him, well, there's a couple of things that stand out. First of all, it's like they've joined Scientology and they've met and they've met <laughs> they've met Tom Cruise. I mean, it's that kind of mystique that he has with his players. They, they do all, love him. Like they, they love him. They absolutely love him. Like you with Steve Diamond. E- exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, when you enter the diamond sphere, there's no getting out. <laughs> Um, the other thing is diamondology. Diamondology. <laughs> diamondology. <laughs> uh, I'm actually uh, going to do a, do my uh, dissertation on diamondology. <laughs> um, the other thing as well is he tends not to impart his way on players, if this makes sense, but rather encourage them to play how how they play. So develop them uh, them as players rather than say you you've got to play rather than being Matt O'Connor saying you've got to play these three phases this way. Yeah, he's very much more about okay. Well, you're pretty talented, so have a crack and try um, uh, and try things within this looser structure. Yeah, and yeah, so play what you see. Yeah, that's why people like Faf de Klerk have you know come out of the Lions. That's why yeah. oh, I thought you were talking about Ackerman then. Um, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 I see. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Faf um, and uh, Elton Yanti, uh, those type. Elton Yantes is the classic one. He and Quagga Smith yep. is very unorthodox for an open side flanker, that yeah. type. So, like, you know, uh, Yantes is interesting because he hasn't been particularly good when he's not been at the Lions. Yeah. And now he's at the Lions, he, you know, he looks absolutely well. Does it say anything about the Premiership that that works to a degree but, does, but looks quite a long way off Exeter and Saracens? Although I say that, and Wasps are right up there still. Yeah. Wasps, wasps are similar to Gloucester in that sense. They are. Wasps just rely on all their talent to play rugby. Yeah. You know, that's what they do. And it, it, sometimes it's magnificent. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, so are Gloucester, Gloucester at times. And when they've got all their players on, on form, on song, they look great. Yeah. So uh, I think it's going to take maybe, may, maybe another year. But with all that said, maybe we're doing Bath a little bit of a disservice because they were very good. Mm. They've. They played well. One of the best performances, it, it kind of reminded me of when they beat Saracens early in the season, where they were trying game things. Game three, wasn't it? Or game two? I, yeah, first few weeks of the season. Yeah, they were unbeaten for the first two, and they lost against Northampton, of all people. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Standard. Yeah, the inconsistency that I mentioned before. But they were trying things, it was coming off, uh, and they had a few brilliant performers. Charlie Yules early on in the game, Francois Lowe. Yeah was excellent he was everywhere defensively Falatel's a serious player even when he's not playing well he's a serious player yeah and he 
he draws in defenders because he's such a presence and so capable. But even like uh, James Wilson, Ali Brew. Yeah, both. Players. James Wilson. Why did no one want him at the start of the season? Well, so he's I, so good. I was watching this game thinking this is this should be because we've we've used some of these mid season signings to highlight the weaknesses in Bath. Yeah, and it does. It highlights. I almost think it highlights the weaknesses in Mike Ford because Mike Ford left left the team in such a position that when Blackadder took over. He's having to plug gaps because there were so many gaps across the board. I think that's unfair. I yeah, think when I you look at it, the, it's the, unfair. Todd Blackadder, and, and if, if he's sacked, again, there's rumours about this. I there is, really, yeah. I really, really hope this isn't the case. If he's sacked, I think... Oh, I just don't think it should happen, but um, he has had, when you look at it, had the worst luck for two consecutive years with injuries. With injuries, you're horrendous. right. Horrendous. He's been there two years now. Yeah, yeah. Horrend. Well, he, he joined. Um, he was late. He didn't. He wasn't there for pre-season. He arrived basically at the start of the season last year. Did he? Has Ackerman been here two years now? No, this, no, this is, is his, his first, first season. I thought they came at the same same time. No, no it was a year apart. But so you could. The shape of the Bath squad was was partly that Todd Blackadder was chasing his tail a little. Uh, sorry, Todd Blackadder was. Did I just say Todd Blackadder? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blackadder. He was chasing his tail a little bit because he joined late, um, changing from Super Rugby season over yeah, right. and moving over. Um, so he was chasing his tail there. They've never been able to catch up. But also, yeah, the injuries have been absolutely horrendous. Yeah, but everyone's got horrendous. No, injuries. no, Bath have had it. I, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. It's not a competition here. It's just. I'm not, I'm, who knows what is? Is there a systemic reason for it? We don't know. But. Bath's injury issues have been well, there is one club way in, worse than there, any other team. There is one club in the Premiership that I know of who literally just do not do any kind of physical contact. Well, they do some physical contact. No rugby contact during training at all because, um, well, they claim that they've got the best injury rate in the Premiership and have for the last seven years. And so it'd it's, be interesting to see what Bath are doing to their players in training. We spoke a few years ago about Leicester when they had a horrendous spate of injuries. And they were still doing the contact on Tuesday morning. Yeah, and it's it's a rugby league thing. In rugby league, admittedly the players are smaller, but they have far more, certainly, tackles per game. Mm. And you, they don't have horrendous injury rates. Certainly, there's not statistically significant greater injuries in rugby league than rugby union. And they do virtually no contact in they, training. Yeah, they really don't do any. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was talking to a, 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 a Premiership coach um, about um, coaching, coaching at Talk H, of course, right? Like the stuff that stuff stuff that you do because it does annoy me. There's some inconsistencies, and amateur coaches do this all the time, of removing contact completely from sessions, which is fine if you're a professional team and everyone knows how to do the basics. <laughs> great, but if you literally can't tackle, you're yeah. going to have to practice, pra- pra- practice tackling. But his point was, we can replicate everything in a match by basically doing everything quicker. So if you're practicing defence, rather than practicing actual, actual tackles, tackle, practice getting there. Getting into the positions to make that tackle. Yeah, and doing it much faster than you would in the game. If you're a pro player who's been playing since he's nine years old and you've got 15 years' experience... That muscle memory, those basics, you haven't got yeah, to worry about it, yeah. Yeah, and it, it does, I know from... Well, Owen Farrell hasn't uh, mastered tackling yet, <laughs> but every, yeah... <laughs> Nor's Harry Malander. Nor's Harry Malander. <laughs> yes. There's a few there's a few players who've still not quite mastered it. Sippers. Sippers, yep. So the one. <laughs> well he uh, started Sippers. Oh, mate, Dan took Cole. A, Sippers took a giant leap forward <laughs> the other week with um with the Jack Berger face tackle. He's trying to bring that back. <laughs> Ooh. It's a good effort on Faf. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to go head to head with Faf. That's, no. that's for sure. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um anyone see, see see the Wasps game? Actually, do you know what? Forget the Wasps game. Because there's another game that I that I want to talk about, and we haven't spoke about this at all. Um Edinburgh went and beat Glasgow. Yes. It was a cracker. After which Richard Cockrell said, and this is his aim as Edinburgh coach, maybe one day people will speak of Edinburgh and think of rugby first, not the effing castle. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big call, isn't it? I mean, the castle's been there for a long... I thought he was going to say something else. Yeah, been there for a while. What do you think of first when you think of Edinburgh? What do I think? Good night out. CJ. Friend friend of the pod. uh, uh, the, The loads of... Amdram types <laughs> trying yes. to yes. sell their show in August. Well, so I've been, uh, we've been to Edinburgh twice when I like how dark when it's been the fringe, and we've still not been to a fringe event. What mean you? Or... Yeah, we were out there a couple of years ago. Oh, no. during the fringe, Did, were we? Yeah, I don't remember that. No, I don't think I went. Uh, I've been for Six Nations. No, hang on. Yeah, I've been for Six Nations. I... You didn't come last summer, which was earlier. The summer before that, when we went for a hotel. Anyway, no. Nope. Anyway, nope. so Edinburgh claimed the eighteen seventy two cup, or whatever yeah, it's called. Whatever that is. <laughs> I, no, I quite like these, and I think this should be a little subdivision of. You know, um, sorry to keep going back to um, American football, but like the American football, they have small divisions which are part of a yeah, I love a it. Conference. I actually wouldn't mind, or, or just in some way, just use the results in the so the inter province games in Ireland or the Welsh province matches. Just have like a. A little Welsh trophy, you know, like you know, you, you've won the triple crown, and yeah. that and that doesn't mean as much as winning a, 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 a Six Nations championship or a Grand Slam, but it's like a little. There's a little trophy. So little why is that'd, that'd be quite nice. So Glasgow and Edinburgh have have their trophy they play for. The best of the Irish teams should just get a little Irish. Uh, well, there is one between a Welsh club and an English club. Do you remember that one? Does anyone know the Ragdoll? The Ragdoll, Bath Scarlets. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I actually really like these those like little. Like little cups which you play for between each other, um, but yeah, just building on your point about conferences, I I think this is probably the first year in which I've been covering rugby on on podcast. So I think the Pro Fourteen has been the better league, both as not not just in terms of the standard of the teams in it, but in terms of the competition itself, it has been better than the Premiership. But there is still the drop off the bottom. There's, yeah, it's yeah, got Bot- some huge problems. Bottom three or four teams. There is still an enormous yeah, but, like, Zebra beat Treviso. Now, don't get me wrong. This could be, um, you know, this could just be a blip. But both those teams have had their most successful season yeah. ever. Yeah. No, no, I get it. Got ten, th- there are, ten wins. Look at the Pro 14. There are seven sides that would compete in the Premiership. And there are seven sides who would really struggle. 
Uh, I'd maybe go as far as say eight now, or maybe even nine, maybe eight. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you you're right. There is still the disparity, and you've got Southern Kings on one win and Dragons on two wins. So it's, Dragon- bo- it's both better. And worse. Yes. So, I don't know what's going to happen to, to Southern Kings. I have no idea, right? But next year, the Dragons are going to be substantially better. Yeah, that I is true. And Connacht have fallen off again, but they're not a bad team. Oh, no. and don't get me wrong. I, I, I like it, mm. and I, I, I want to praise... I, I don't want any fan of the Pro 14 to think I'm just, you know, um, knocking it, particularly with look at the way Europe's gone. But yeah. equally, Europe. you are Leinster or you are Munster or whatever and you put out some of the sides you put out in your Pro 14 games yeah. you will get panned and that is, you that, will get hammered in the yeah. Premiership and that, that is the big difference isn't it the Premiership there are no weeks off yeah. and Pro 14 they quite they quite frequently put out oh, rubbish yeah. teams I, I mean, and I, that's I, the problem I don't know the answers but I bet someone like let's say Conor Murray has probably only played out of 21 Pro 14 games he's, he, he probably has played 7 yeah, yeah I'd like to know the numbers on that um I think the I think the Pro 14 has the answer, which is they've got real real quality sides now. I mean, Leinster might be probably one of the better sides of a generation, alongside Saracens and maybe one or two others. Um, but they probably could reduce some of the games because if you get used to this conference format, uh, I think you'll be more comfortable getting rid of some some of your derbies. Yeah, possibly. I actually think there, there are massive benefits to the club and to the country for having those weaker games for the, the players. I'm not convinced. But just getting young lads' experience of playing at that level. Mm. How how many how many in the premiership, how many players make their debut per season compared uh, to the, the the Pro fourteen? I would suggest there were more in the premiership, but only because there are more shirts up for grabs. Oh no! How on? No, it's not. I'm thinking. Sorry, I'm thinking of like Ireland versus. Yeah, Ireland Russia. versus England. No, no. no I'm I'm talking particularly. So, Leinster can put out a second team, and there are often a number of internationals in that second team. Mm. And the way that they've done that is they they get to experience a huge number of players playing, and then pick the best of them. Uh, well, I th- so- just just to add a bit of meat to the bones, it, it was a total guess, but Conor Murray has played. Seven Pro 14 matches. Yes, one n- of them as a replacement. Not, six six Pro 14 starts in 21 games. Not really enough, is it? So <laughs> so that makes an enormous difference to Ireland yeah. and to Munster in Europe. And anyone yeah. that thinks that I'm just knocking the Pro 14 and not giving it its due respect when I say that is ridiculous. You can't argue with facts. And I, those are facts. You're absolutely right there, mate. I actually think it's a better structured league if you can do that, though. It's a less competitive league and every but, league yeah, is better, but, but, but it's, 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 well, it depends what you're looking for. You're selling entertainment, right? If you're, if you're looking for contribution to the national team, which is one of the things that they are doing because the IRFU manages the players around the clubs, then that is a huge the benefit. The IRFU have done a truly remarkable job, when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, Ireland were never a powerhouse of rugby growing up, and now they are, they're, well, you know, but, they're definitely the best in, they're, in the Northern Hemisphere. They're the second best in the world. Yeah. They they are undisputably the second best in the world, and they won uh, three out of five Six Nations. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and well, I guess linking it back to the Pro Fourteen, that I, that might have to be the trade off. Then you know, you're only going to get a competitive Pro Fourteen in the in the playoffs, and for seven games out of 
15 rounds or whatever. And whilst it may improve things because you're, de- you know, Italy are developing so that Italian market's, uh, you know, a potentially fruitful one. South Africa is definitely a potentially fruitful rugby market. Nevertheless, it's not as saleable a product. True. As a result. That, that is a very good point, actually. It's, mm. It will not command the TV revenues. It might, though, you know. It, it might eventually. Because everyone thinks of it just as of it, just of its domestic market, like Ireland, Wales, Scotland. But, you know, there will be... An, if, they, if, they, if they carry on developing and they carry on playing rugby like they are, people in England are going to want to watch... Le- Leinster card. Well, here's the problem. No, well it? then, then if you if you only have guys like Conor Murray, who English, you know, a, a, a casual rugby fans know, and fourteen times out of twenty one, yeah. you yeah, turn that's on it. he's why not would there. You, why yeah. would you gamble on yeah. wasting yeah. your Friday night viewing on that when you don't know who's going to be playing? Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a, that's that's, a fine point. That is a great point. That's the biggest weakness. But on the other hand, right, if you are providing all these players for the national team and the national team is funding your your club team and there's enough kick down of money and they're successful enough that way maybe maybe that's how maybe that's how, how it's sustainable yeah right let's get into a bit more rugby after yes. Phil has done a quiz that's been organised we, we talked about it for a few weeks and we've never actually yeah. ended up doing it I've been there's been too much to talk about I've been threatening uh, and this is the second part of uh, a very good uh, William Fournier quiz we did the first one which was called shingler's list william fournier sounds like a like a novelist so this is called alan win jones right and it's about um alan win jones himself and also Ooh. some wins okay so have you got pens and papers yeah i've got a word yeah whatever thing. uh first question alan win jones has been on three lions tours how many, how many total? <laughs> correct. <laughs> how many total appearances does he have in tests? Uh, I know. Oh, that. sorry, sorry, sorry. How many does he have in tests, and how many does he have in total? Ooh. Two, two points available for this one. Do replacements count as a just a full appearance? Uh, the, yeah, replacement appearances mm. would count. Okay. Okay, it's an easy one. Okay. Got any more easy ones? Uh, hopefully. Question number two. <laughs> Le- less easy. <laughs> Much less easy, in fact. I should really have uh, proofread this beforehand. How many total minutes did Alan Wynne Jones play in the 2017 tour to New Zealand? Ne- tour to New Zealand. The 2017 Lions tour to New Zealand. You can just take that question out if you want, or we can just guess it. This is not- guess. There's, there's, no, there's, I can, I, I've, I've got this. I've, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, there's 10 points if you get it exactly available. Okay. Uh, there is. Hold uh, on. Is, is that when you say tour to New Zealand? What, what year? Sorry? Lions. 2017 oh, Lions, Lions tour. tour to New Zealand. So there are, there are 10 points if you get it exactly, the number of minutes. Uh, and then one point for the nearest. Easy. Okay. Nailed that. How many total caps does Alan Wynne Jones have for Wales? Ooh, I don't know that. Oh, wow. Mm, there you go. Good enough. Next. Uh, question four. In the 2015 Rugby World Cup game between Wales and England, Alan Wynne Jones played in a winning Welsh team. What was the final score? And how were the points made? So sorry, what year? What year? Twenty fifteen Rugby World Cup. I'm just going to go. What was the final score? Twenty fifteen Rugby World Cup. 
England. What was the question again? <laughs> I've, I've just had a text message and I'll tell you about it in a second. Okay. Um, 2015 Rugby World Cup, Wales versus England. What, what was the final score? Again, nearest gets it if no one gets it exactly. What glorious, glorious game that I've that erased also. it from my memory, so I'm, <laughs> no. I'm terrible at that. I, I couldn't have told you. Gareth Davis, what a legend, eh? <laughs> Chris Robshaw, what a legend. <laughs> uh, how, question five. How many tries does Alan Wynne jones have in all domestic competitions? SG. What? These, these are... It's not as uh, intuitive as the uh, Shingler's Lifts competition. Yeah. Or qu- quiz. Done. And final question... Alan Wynne Jones captain the Lions in the third test in Australia 2013. What was the final score? Final test in 2013. Final test, Lions test, Australia versus the Lions. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of uh, nearest two points here. Yes, there is. Right, done. Let's get this done with. So we'll go through them quickly. So yeah. two points available for the first one. Yeah. How many Lions appearances, uh, B-class Lions or whatever you called them, Jay, and how many Class A Lions appearances? Okay, so Class A, nine. I think he played in all the games. I put nine. I put nine as well. Is correct for both of you. And I said 20. I put seven. Uh, 20 is also correct. Is it? On the nose. Bloody hell. Oh, sorry, combined. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so you mine, 16. Nine, yours yeah. would have been sixteen. God damn. Have that. Very good. Well, that one was a total joke. I uh, total a joke. Total joke. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh well, you want guesses? There wasn't. Uh, there wasn't the ten point bonus for being Bob on on that one. Unfortunately, Bob on. Uh, next one. There's ten points available if you get this correct on the nose. Pretty sure. I've got number of minutes. Total number of minutes in the Lions tour. Five hundred and fifteen. Two hundred and sixty-seven. Five fifteen. Two six seven. Ooh, you're both. It's split the difference. Well, I'm not exactly right. Uh, so it's about three eighty then. It is three seven nine. So <sighs> JB gets the point. Get in. Just to all. Lazy. That's what I've always said about Alan Wynne Jones. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Come on. Um, and then, how many total caps does he have for Wales? One hundred and three. One hundred and twelve. Oh. Tim gets the point. 100, what is it? 117. Wow. Good shift, and he's still got a few more years left to go. He looks like he should have retired five years ago, just to look at Just to look, but when you see him play. Oh, yeah. It's five, interesting, actually. More, in the Lions, when he did get quite a bit of stick, because he, he didn't have his best Lions tour, but then he's back to his best now. Um, question four. The final score of the... Uh, England Wales Rugby World Cup in 2015. 27-24. JB? Um, sorry, I'm just going back to you. Uh, 27-24, I've 12-15. Uh, it was 28-25, so point to Tim. Oh, damn it. Which puts 4-2. Oh, I still get the point, that's fine. Yeah. Um, how many tries does Alan Wynne Jones have in all domestic competitions? 15. Nine. Uh, JB gets the point. Yeah, which makes it What's he got? four three. How many did he have? Uh, seven, six in the Pro fourteen, one in Europe. Wow. This was as of the twenty third of March this year. If he's uh, scored since then. And uh, final question: 
Lions third test in Australia 2013. What was the final score? I gave him a bit of a hump in, I remember. That's why I went for 34 Yeah, 15. I think it's 40-something, 7. What did you say, Tim? 34-15. Let me just... 15 and JB? 40-something uh, points to 7. 40 what to 7? 40 to 7. 40, 4 zero. And... Ooh. Hmm, interesting. It's going to take a little bit of working out this. How are you going to do What's this? What's the thing? score? And we'll just, we'll just take uh, a little vote. I think Tim gets it. Why? Yeah. Why? Justify that. Because uh, it was 41 so, six for 16. Hang on. So, so I, I was, was one point out on the away score. I was one point out you were on one the point. So, but I was, cl- I was closer to the home score Tim than you were to the away score. Yes. This is outrageous. Get in. So, Well, hang on. No, that's not true. Because <laughs> with with bigger numbers... That, <laughs> Percentages. Yeah. <laughs> That's an absolute nonsense. There's no, no, there's no such thing as percentages, mate. It's just yeah. distance from a number. Yeah, no, it's no, not no, a percentage. We're not doing percentages. We have to do percentages, otherwise it isn't fair. <laughs> do you want me to go back and do percentages on all your previous answers as well? I think it's... Well, if you'd have prepared properly, you'd have had a spreadsheet set up for just this. <laughs> uh, so Tim wins 7-3. Yeah. No. Five three. Yeah. So when you um, listen to this podcast, oh, come on, listen to him. <laughs> when you listen to, to this podcast, you'll be driving to work. It'll be a Monday morning. Uh, simultaneously, apparently, there's going to be a meeting at Leicester Tigers really? on Monday morning. I've heard this one, this one before. But, uh, this one looks pretty legitimate. Interesting. Um, yeah, we have heard that before, and probably from the same people that this is not from the same person. Because the people that said that before were completely wrong. And there's a, another little thing coming out, which we won't mention. But, uh, yeah, pay attention to Leicester Tigers over over the next week, I, I, would, I would suggest. Hmm. Let's see what happens. Do, oh. we need, do we need to? Because if it doesn't happen... No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Something's going to happen. All right. We haven't said what. Something's going to happen. And we can claim, cl- claim it as that. It All might right. be just a standard press conference, as they normally do. I told you. Eh, ahead of their fixture next week. Exactly. It'll just be right. a standard press day. No- nothing to worry about, boys. <laughs> <laughs> JB announces all Leicester Tigers press days in future. <laughs> you know, one reason I'm really glad it's nearly the end of the season. Why? I'm hoping to see the end of some of the worst kits that I've ever seen. That Newcastle away <sighs> kit is an abomination. <laughs> now, I did make... New- a- Northampton Saints lime green kit yeah. is a total abomination. Yep. Awful. The, the Newcastle Saints... Uh, Newcastle Saints, who are they? Uh, the Newcastle kit was so bad at the start of the season, it didn't even have a sponsor. <laughs> it's only recently they've had a sponsor. And do you know who the sponsor is? Oh, uh, I saw this the other, the other night. I did notice it. Who was it? Hitachi. Yeah, that's it. Heavy, heavy, heavy he- machinery. Brackets. UK. Nice. Because... Oh, construction machinery. Then it makes some good gear. Yeah, well, I, I mean, as I pointed out on my on my Twitter, were Hitachi worried about me buying Hitachi stuff not from the UK to satisfy my <laughs> building machinery needs? Importing it. Uh, yeah. Importing it. What? But we've got an office here. Some excavators. Going from that horrendous Newcastle away kit to the horrendous Northampton Saints away kit, I'm just going to show you a picture which um, just shows at the end of the day, understandably, that the engines that drive rugby are the are the people that fund it, and one of the people that fund Northampton Saints is Tool Station, who are, they're a little subsidiary of yes, Travis are. Perkins. Is that right? Yeah, 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 that's correct. So, Courtney Laws deserves better than this. Ugh. Cutting a ribbon of a Tool Station store with loads of the staff outside who, wa- who have blue and yellow foam fingers on. Wow, what a waste What a waste of an athlete. So Why yeah. don't you send someone, someone from, from the academy? 
I told you if you put a professional rugby player <laughs> in, in normal public, <laughs> you'd be able to tell which Next one. Next to doughy middle-aged men. <laughs> yeah. You'd be able oh, to yeah. tell which yeah, one that... is a, the athlete. <laughs> yeah, Courtney Walls doesn't stand out there much. He, he deserves more than that. Stood under a big sign. But also, it's really unfortunate. It just stood under a sign saying "Tool Station." Maybe <laughs> that's how a new thing. Maybe we can get uh, listeners of the pod to tweet in their pictures of uh, rugby players amongst normal humans. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like the contrast. Yeah, normal human watch. But ideally, not scrum halves. Yeah, because then, it, well, even even then, scrum halves are generally pretty in pretty decent. Nick. Do you know what? No, scrum halves are tiny. They are actually tiny when... Yeah, no. not Unless it's Mike Phillips. Like, Faf de Klerk is tiny. Yeah. He's tiny. Yeah. So, uh, we need to rattle through some stuff, because uh, we've got a deadline to hit soon. Have we? So, oh, right, I think. believe so, haven't we? Oh, yeah, no, Phil's we got do. a concert yeah. to go to. So, I do. Um, Wasps wrapped up their playoff spot. Weren't totally convincing, but they did win in the end. Oh, what do you make of the Daily story? Uh, well, the, the, the Wasps story. Yeah. Uh, the... Daily Launchbury and one other, was it? Daily Launchbury with the two named. But we'll see out their contracts and leave. See out their contracts and leave because they're unhappy about the fact a training base hasn't been established. Now, I don't know how much of this is investigative journalism that's found a source, verified a source and published a story. It's from Chris Hoy, so it'll be good. And how much of it is just seeing James Haskell's Instagram stories. And he's a little bit... um, He's very open with information on his Instagram stories. He, he made some, he made an off the cuff joke on his Instagram story about, um, about how the fact their training setup hasn't been sorted out yet, which was something that apparently they were, to- they were sort of, it was intimated that would happen within a year of moving to Coventry. They're still in kind of porter cabins at black street, rugby uh, club, broad, broad street, broad street yeah. rugby club. Yeah. So, so why don't they just develop broad street? I mean, surely broad street would be up for that. Don't know. They want their, they want They're, their own base. Yeah, um, like they, but, I think Saracens do something similar, don't they? They their all, training bases are um, all Albanian. Well, I would say a couple of things. Probably one of the best training bases in all of English rugby Sunbury. is London Irish. That doesn't necessarily guarantee. And and also Bath is cool. Three t- Bath is very cool. Um, but three times, yeah. But when Bath were the dominant team. They had Lambridge, a bog, yeah. just on the road into <laughs> Bath with one old-fashioned. No central heating building, like a, it was like a cow shed, and also three-time European champions Toulon is one of the shabbiest ramshackle training setups you can you can get. Yeah, not really right that is it. Um, so my my point but, is, there's a little bit like get over it a little bit, but also maybe there's a there's obviously maybe other things at play with financial situations. Who knows? Yeah, the, the other stuff from that that article that we've referenced was that those players in particular haven't been paid or there's dispute over their uh, their personal image rights which wasps payments say is not true yeah. yeah well they were late if they're late paying that's quite serious i mean you do payments phil that is pretty serious it is serious very serious um it's interesting that in dai young's statement he didn't address that at all now he didn't he didn't even make a comment on it not to deny it or say anything he just addressed the training ground issue and said yeah it's well reported that we've we're currently in temporary uh cabins at broad street we have looked at two places both of which have fallen through and we're still trying to source source somewhere oh yeah and we've run out of money yeah what it didn't and then 
the article did go on to speculate, and it was very much speculation that the uh, was it one of the first loan payments against the bond or repayments against the bond that they issue, bonds that they issued is becoming due. So if there are cash flow issues, yeah. that is going to press them further. Yeah. So well, how much did they borrow? Seventeen million, I think it was. I thought it was more than that, but I, the numbers almost don't really matter. I don't know why I thought it was seventeen million. They've borrowed a significant sum of money. They have to obviously make their repayments on that significant sum of money. If they were making expectations about growth due to gate receipts, growth in revenue due to gate receipts, that hasn't come to fruition. And again, all speculation because I have no idea. But if they did, there could be some cash flow issues. Yeah, there is... Um, uh, actually, can I... No, let's leave it there. Okay. <laughs> I always like when you hint at something <laughs> and then just don't say anything. Yeah. Um, Recorded live. We don't, we don't need to talk too much about the rugby because uh, Worcester sealed their premiership status by humping Quins. Does anyone care about what happens next week except for the sale game? No, the, 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 the Quins incident, I just want to mention, is someone else. We talked about the fact that uh, Carl Sinclair was neither on the list of players that Quinn's released saying they had re- uh, renewed their contract yes. and he wasn't on the list of players that are leaving through retirement or to another club. Really? He's in a little no man's land. He had a little moment of madness once again. Yeah. Did we- you go on, go on tell me about it. So so he felt he obviously felt aggrieved about something that had happened against a Worcester player. One of the Worcester players went off the feet of the breakdown yeah. basically. Yeah. And Carl Sinclair just let his frustration bubble over and he he sort of just kind of um you know how sometimes if someone tries to hold you into a line out and you're trying to get away yeah, you do yeah, that yeah. thing where you hit down in a hammer motion on their arm to get them off he Punch. just he just did that on the guy's back a yeah. few times and it was uh, kind of what was it, it card kind of, he got penalized it, no no, no card. i think was it Craig Maxwell Keys yeah i thought he handled that really well actually yeah i do i thought cuz he gave a penalty he had a word with him it wasn't. It, it could have been if you'd applied letter of the law, you could have said no. It's striking. Blah blah blah. Um, Deliberate punch with force. Letter of the law. Yeah. Red card. Yellow card, card or red card. It was a punch. But it was. It was kind of. It was in frustration. It was on his back. It was certainly not going to do any damage. But it was stupid. So I thought he did very. He had thought he reacted well. To yeah, but, but Sinclair again. This this sort of temper and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it nearly cost. Uh, well, it nearly cost the Lions. It did, it? Yeah. yeah. And and I watched interestingly yeah. because I was thinking about that and I went back and watched that moment and just typed in the the last minute of the second test. And Connor Murray plays an absolute blinder. You see Carl Sinclair gets hit, wins the get for which the Lions get the penalty and Owen Farrell slots the winning points. Um Carl Sinclair gets up and goes to go for the New Zealander. And just as he's getting up off the floor, Conor Murray grabs his collar and pulls him away. Yeah, he does, not yeah, he? Yeah, perfect. Ooh. So, yeah, but anyway, Quinn's just... I don't know whether he and Quinn's are suffering from a bit of post-traumatic stress disorder with this season. Well, I think but, he's um, going, you know. So is, is Kingston still in rule until the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Embarrassingly, yes. Yeah. So, Shame. I think... I don't think that can help. No. So, all of the frustrations that they had will still be there with either Kingston or the current members of the team yeah. so you're not going to get any change in results and that showed Worcester played well Quinn's played awfully mm-hmm. big win for Worcester so let's yeah, let's focus on the what's to come so the Pro 14 has, has finished now um, with that victory for Edinburgh so but do they when do they start the playoffs next week um, 
Uh, I think they've got a couple of weeks rest because I think next week they've got a rest a- ahead of the following week, which is the uh, European Cup. Yeah, let me have a look. European Cup final. So uh, Ulster didn't manage to get the win that could have put them in with a shout, but Edinburgh won in any case, so it was irrelevant. Yeah. So progressing to the playoffs, Leinster, Scarlets, and Edinburgh from Pool Conference B, Conference A, Glasgow, Munster, and Cheaters. Mm. Good. It's good to see a South African team there. It is. Uh, that's a massive success. Um, it's a yeah. Shame they didn't have an Italian team in there. And they <laughs> will. They will travel to Scarlets for their eliminator match. So, oh yeah, you've got Edin- two rounds. And Edinburgh will go to Munster, the winner of which will play. So these games occur on the fifth of May, which is next weekend. Next weekend. So that's Perfect. the eliminator round. Yeah. Yes. Then you have the. European so Leinster aren't involved in that anyway. Yeah. And. Cardiff Blues Jeez, aren't involved because they're not in, games. so it doesn't affect the European preparations. No. Yeah. So Munster. Um, Munster hosts Edinburgh. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Let me just get this right. Who's... Yeah. Munster hosts host Edinburgh. I, I see Ed, Edinburgh winning this. Really? Just do. I think they're a tough side. They've sort of surprised themselves how far they've got, but now they're here. Um, they can be. They, they can beat up anyone. I think they'll beat up beat up Munster. Oh, I'm not sure about that. In uh, in Ireland, mm, that's a good point. No, I don't see that happening. No, uh, Cheetah Scarlets. I think Scarlets will win that. But a big, yeah. a big, big step forward from Edinburgh. Massive this season, massive. massive step forward. Two points off Scarlets and Leinster in the in the conference. Yeah, yeah, massive step forward from Edinburgh. Uh, and I think they'll build on it. And it, it's it does it's a real boost for. Someone like Richard Cockrell, who left Leicester in, in not the best circumstances. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly fashionable coach when he left. No, not at all. But he's shown that his kind of hard-edged way of playing uh, can get absolutely get results. So I'm just looking through the team here, right? And what I quite like about Edinburgh is, and basically Richard Cockrell, is the team isn't that impressive. But yeah, he's actually made these players impressive players. So if you read this team, the one that played... <laughs> For Edinburgh against Glasgow yesterday, and you read it last year, you'd think they're a pretty poor team. But basically, just through you know hard, um, hard work and you know good good team graft, they're actually starting to be recognised now as good players. Stuart, Stuart, Stuart McAnally, for instance, he's a great player, and yeah. co- and, and let's let's, let's be fair, and coaching, kiss. yeah, yeah, Ex- yeah, exactly right, yeah. Um, Sam Hidal- Hid- I can't say his name, Hidalgo, Hidalgo Klein. Klein. He's not signed for anyone yet, has he? I don't know. No, he's been released, but he's not signed for anyone. Hmm. So the other game, we'll see Cheetahs travelling to Parker Scarlets. Yeah. Scarlets, I would, I would guess. Yeah. I would put. But this could be quite, quite should, a bit should be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I put quite should a bit of money on Scarlets. It's got, it's got to be worth watching. Yeah. Uh, Cheetahs have scored more points than any other side by a massive margin. Is that because they play? Oh no, that's not true. Is that? Uh, oh no, that's against points against. Oh right, <laughs> that's a different stat. Oh, no, they've, they've still got the they've got they've got the second highest uh, yeah. points. Glasgow are the only team to have scored more points than them. That is quite remarkable, and they they've scored. Uh, no, <laughs> but they have conceded the most. They have conceded the most. They've scored eight, well, eighty-one points more than no, the Scarlet. No, Southern Kings have conceded the most by yeah. a considerable now, I and, dra- and Dragons and, and Zebra. How and zebra many times a year do uh, Kings play the Cheetahs? Uh, four games. Is it four, or do they not play against like the Italians or the? No, they, they, you play against your own, your own nation home and away. 
Uh, that, and in the case of Edinburgh, and in, in the case of Italy, South Africa, well, there's at least three games. No, there must yeah. be four. There must be four. Yeah, there must be. Anyway. Cutting edge Pro 14 <laughs> knowledge. But yeah, if, podcast? If, it's, well, if they've had four 60-point wins against... Uh, that would help. So really, you've just got to hope that your um, yeah, hold on. are rubbish. Sorry, oh, so on. Tw- 21 games, six other teams in your pool play them home and away, that's that's 12. Yeah. Uh, seven teams in the opposite pool play them each once, home or away, that's 19. There's two extra games which are against your home nation, so so three. Three, mm. okay. Is that... No. No. Anyway, no, I don't know. Just out of interest, does anyone know what happens to a club if you spend over your salary cap and it is found out? Yeah. Go on. There's financial penalties for it. Like how large? So it's something like... This happened. This came up when Wasps, Wasps. went slightly over because of, uh, because of agents' fees got suddenly added because the, a- right, the yeah. agent moved from South Africa to the UK or something like that. Um, and it was... I can't remember what the rates are, but it's like... 10p in the pound up to I don't know exactly oh like a luxury what, tax it's like 10p in the pound as a as a as a as a payment up to a certain amount and then over a certain amount it's 30p in a pound and then 50p and then 100p in a pound I think you can even go up to more than the actual amount yeah or, if you go significantly over wow so it's a sliding scale based on how big the breach is let me have a look versus at how much what the money fines needs are. to be paid here. Uh, do we know where the rule? Where we can find the find the rules? <laughs> let's not do this now. Let's do this. Okay. Yeah. Let's not do this. Right. Uh, radio maths. <laughs> um, oh, go on. One thing I have just looked up is the Kings have played, or the Chiefs have played the Kings uh, three times this season, and they have scored 119 points against them. So they've averaged 40 points per game against them, which is not. Which is not enormous, but it is more than uh, more than most. Mm. Excellent. Let's call it a day, then, boys. Well, no, got, the, uh, the, pre- the Premiership games fixtures. again. Just do, run do, through. Does anyone care about these? Uh, There's something riding on a couple of the games. Well, just let's do the ones. That, uh, if if you're doing a Leo Vegas accumulator, my, maybe, maybe yes, okay, or, or other betting sites. Yes, there are uh, there are other betting sites available now. Actually, um. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, so it's London Irish West v London Irish East. Yeah, uh, this will go to London Irish West. The problem is a lot who, of teams... who, who who will probably after that game at some point confirm the signing of uh, Fiji and Joe. Oh, really? Potentially. Mm. Well, that that was the rumor, wasn't it? That yeah, it was. Joe Cock and the singer, singer the will go to Bath if um, if Irish get relegated. There's, um, there's rumors of um, Johnny Williams going somewhere as well. Bath would stack up. <laughs> well, everyone else does. Yeah, uh, he'd be a. Ha- I'd like to see. They've got a lad called Ben Loder, apparently Irish. He's going to be absolutely astounding. Like uh, some nineteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old fullback who might be moving elsewhere. Hmm. Don't know, Loader. Nope. So we've got a bath to win at home. Yeah. Qu- Who, have they got? They, they don't know. They don't have a chance even at top top six, do they? No. Nope. Uh, no. Mathematically, remote. Mathematically, they do because if Sale lose and Gloucester lose and Bath get five points, then it will be on points difference. Which yeah, so there's a, there's a slim chance actually. Yeah. Yeah, Bath could if Bath get five. Bath get. Get five points against Irish, Gloucester and get Sale. Nil. Well, it's more, the more Gloucester will probably lose to Saracens without, and, and if they get no bonus, point. if they get no bonus point, yeah. And then it's all on it's all on hoping that Sale 
don't win. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I think uh, le- le- legitimately, Sale is the only game with much ri- much much oh, riding. Well, on so it. the Bath Irish game is worth watching. Bath Actually, needs, Bath needs to get five points. Quinn's Exeter, fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Exeter are going to win that comfortably. Newcastle Wasps. This would have. This was looking like it was going to be a huge finale. Yeah, but actually, it's just. Well, this this is the still, this is the play Exeter or Saracens bowl. Yeah, it still decides finish third. Go uh, to Saracens. Go to Saracens. Finish fourth. Go to Exeter. Which neither of those is particularly attractive. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's the best one. Hobson's choice. What would you rather do, Jay? If your beloved Sale were in fourth place now, would you prefer them? <laughs> well, as in to know, travel to Saracens. If I had, if I supported a team, <laughs> right, and I was thinking, where would I rather go? Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it based on the fan experience. Okay, because you're going you're to lose yeah, either way. I mean, there's no, so I want to go to Sandy Park. I want to go to Sandy Park. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Alternatively, do you know what? Um, if you're from Newcastle and you want to actually go there, then it's a lot easier to get it actually to get is, the, isn't it? the Virgin Trains East Coast. To London, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say because it's to go. so far. It's but actually... you could fly, fly to uh, yeah, it's justified. Fly to Exeter, yeah. yeah. Good point. Mm. Uh, I see this going. Who's at home? Newcastle uh, are going to New- win at home. Newcastle at home. Newcastle beat Wasps away early in the season as well, didn't they? So Newcastle to do the double. Northampton v Worcester doesn't matter. Ugh. Doesn't matter. No. Uh, Saracens at home to Gloucester. Uh, it matters in, a, it, in in terms of top six for Gloucester. It, yeah. If Gloucester win, which they won't do, they can guarantee themselves... Oh, sorry. It's all right. It's, good. I thought... <laughs> it's old school. I've not done that for a while. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Gloucester could secure uh, top six themselves. I think it's unlikely because I think the most important game is the one after it. Yeah. Which is Sale Sharks versus Leicester. That, that that's probably the one that probably Gloucester fans will be looking at realistically more than their own team's game. They'll be looking at the outcome of Leicester v Sale, and or Sale v Leicester. So if again, it's a long shot, but if Gloucester won or drew with a losing with a um, four try bonus point, and Sale win with five points, and Leicester get nil, Leicester could be out of top six. Now that's not going to happen. Yes, both of those. But, whoa, whoa, whoa! Why is it not going to happen? Gloucester uh, are going to get a five-point win against Saris. That is true. Yeah, but Gloucester, I don't Gloucester have to get at least three points. I do not think Saris. that Tigers show up to the AJ Bell and come away with points. There's no chance. Hmm. I think Sale will be far too far too good for them. And also, fifth place for Sale represents a massive achievement. It does. And it, and fifth place for uh, Tigers, Tigers represents. A huge underachievement. Well, if Sale win, yeah, Leicester would then be in sixth. Yeah, which is Jeez. awful for Leicester. Simply, I awful. kind of want Gloucester to win though. See how it all <laughs> pans out. Well, all these games will be going on at the same time, of course. Oh no, the board! The board is wrong for the first time ever. The board of destiny. What's what did that? it say? It had Sale at four in fourth. Fourth. Oh no! They also had Matt O'Connor been fired. Oh. There's still time. You said in season, in season firing. Yeah, yeah. Well, until 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 it kicks off in September, when you're listening to this, Monday's Leicester Tigers announcement yep. might might have happened. Well, uh, no, no. <laughs> Monday's totally rumoured uh, Leicester Tigers announcement, which could be more hogwash and yeah. rumour. It's just. Total conjecture just at te- this point. Oh, yeah. No, no, don't, don't. Just, uh, no, no. 
I think we're done. I think that's enough. I think that is enough. Imagine Leicester not making European Cup. That would be incredible. Uh, well, sixth position, as we've talked about before, and again, give credit to JP Doyle for the person that pointed it out. He said, have a look at the performance of whoever finishes sixth in the Premiership. They They tend to, not every year, but they tend to tank the next year because the pressure of... He's completely correct on that. The pressure yeah. of being the lowest seeded uh, side. Look, Sale had to play Scarlets, Toulon, Toulon, Toulon and Saracens in their group. Oh, and in God. previous years they've had Toulon <laughs> and Munster. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough place to be that that, that sixth position. Only fifth won't do won't be much better. Not enormously, no. So there we go. One more round to go in the domestic rugby and then we're into European Cup, we're into semi-finals and finals, and of course this weekend, Pro 14, I'm definitely going to be watching uh, Cheetahs v Scarlets. Any confirmation of when the fixtures are? Yeah, 5th of May. Yeah, what time? No, what time? Uh, when? I don't know. Just just keep all the 5th of May. It hasn't. I'm, I'm... <laughs> yeah, well, whenever that is, I am... Um... This must be costing the Pro 14 a bloody fortune in flights. Uh, it is uh, 3.15 for Munster Edinburgh. And then 6.35 for Scarlet's Cheetahs. Excellent. All over that. On what day? Uh, both on the 5th, which is Saturday. the Saturday. All right, so the, the Premiership will be over and then settle down for Scarlet's Cheetahs. Yeah, straight after the Premiership, Excellent. Scarlet's Cheetahs. Love it. Uh, right. uh, oh, anyone fancy coming to Sale Leicester on Saturday? Saturday, 3 o'clock. Yeah. I've got oh. a lot of painting to do. I'm, awa- I'm awaiting information on where... I am working. Oh yeah, of course. Which potentially now with the, with, the, with the way it's going could be could potentially be nowhere. Nowhere because um, I Sorry, don't know. We're not going to send reporters to five out of the six games because no one cares. I would imagine that they will probably want me to be somewhere just in case. Well, potentially they'll want me to be somewhere just in case. Say Gloucester get an unlikely win. Or, mm. uh, yeah, don't. But you live in Manchester. Send you a sale game. <laughs> it's only fair. Well, that's all good. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.